UC Health presents the Every Podcast. We've taken this signature wellness event, Every, which was created to provide an informative, inspirational conversation for every woman who listens via podcast. We always feature special guests and top experts for a variety of issues that are specific to women, from sleeplessness to too much sleep, from managing stress to better understanding how stress affects our health, from parenting to getting ready to become a parent, from hormonal changes in our bodies to increasing sexual pleasures as we age. How do we balance all this? What should we be doing at the different stages in our lives? How should we be eating? How should we be exercising? If women are experiencing it, we are talking about it on Every Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Neal, and this has been beyond inspirational for me. My goal is to help you live your best life physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I have talked to and with many phenomenal women for this podcast series, including specialists from UC Health. I've also heard from individuals from across the country who have shared their personal stories with me, and of course, from listeners who tell me that they love the podcast and how much they have come to look forward to listening. As we wrap up this season... This first season, yeah. Number one, I want to take a moment to reflect on what we've discussed and tell you what I've learned as a woman, as a wife, a sister, an aunt, a consumer, a professional, and a black woman during my time as your first host of this podcast series. To say this podcast was right on time for me is an understatement. Here's why. I needed to hear from women who are like me and women who are not like me, because the mix is so important as we learn and grow from one another. Women who were and maybe still are having a tough time, not just because of the pandemic, but because what is going on in the world around us today? Well, we need to be heard. We need to speak up. We need to express ourselves. We need to show love and support. I knew things like stress and hormones and lack of sleep could lead to health problems like heart disease and blood pressure problems, but I had no idea to what extent. I have now learned it is not a matter of if it can affect my health. Instead, it is a matter of when it will affect my health. Armed with this concrete knowledge, this information, it means that I needed to adjust immediately. With every podcast, I adjusted immediately. Self-care is not selfish. Let me say that again. Self-care is not selfish. Selflessness means, you know what? I got to put my own mask on first. It is so important. Matter of fact, it is tantamount to my survival as a woman and a productive citizen. I can't be me if I'm not healthy. If we do not practice self-care, our bodies are the first to suffer. And next, our families and our loved ones suffer. Then our economic stability suffers. And then our passions suffer. What's left? What's left? It's a shell of what we could have been. You know, I have a saying, since we're all in the same line on this journey of life, I want to die healthy. I want to die healthy. I want to go healthy. I want to be able to walk my soul to whatever is next. 
I just don't want to exist on the planet. I want to live. I want to live freely, abundantly, happy, healthy. But if I left this world today, I would be ridiculously short of that goal. That would be regrettable and disappointing for me. I am not my best glow. So let's start with something we must all do. Sleep. Dr. Katherine Green was my first guest who set me straight about thinking I could continue to get by on five hours of sleep. There's growing evidence to show that both sleep quality and quantity have really far-reaching effects on everything from driving safety to daytime energy levels to your focus and attention and kind of job performance to even things like mood and being more irritable or being more prone to depression and anxiety. There are now studies that show that insufficient sleep at night can affect other body systems. So we see effects on systems that regulate your metabolism, an increased predisposition to um, things like diabetes, and even long-term cardiovascular health effects, like an increased risk of hypertension and strokes and heart attacks. And then effects on the brain, so things that can cause long-term memory impairment or early cognitive decline. Duh. Hello, Gloria. So my self-talk kicked in as I was hearing what she had to say, as I'm thinking, wait a minute, you need sleep. (laughs) My self-talk said, Glow, you can't do it on five hours of sleep. So what did I do? I made changes and my sleep quality is better today. And so is my mood. When you think about, did I know that before Catherine said it to me? Yep. I did. But it's me saying it versus a doctor saying, hey, dummy, you need to go to sleep and let your body rest. As you sleep, your body is repairing what's inside. And five hours of sleep some four months ago has now turned into eight to nine hours of sleep. You heard me because I really made an effort. Turn off the phone. Turn off the TV. Make sure that you are letting your body rest. Because I'm one of those people that if the TV's on, I'll start dreaming I'm in the sitcom. I know, it's really, really crazy. But nevertheless, that is what is important. Let your body and your mind rest. Those things are extremely important. So, even my drive to exercise improved because my rest improved. It is like hand in glove. One thing leads to the other. You talk about all the things that make us, us, make you, you, me, me. Exercise is great for helping with sleep, stress, and anxiety. And sleep is very helpful to getting great exercise, reducing that stress and anxiety, even hormone levels. It's all about loving ourselves even more. You know, I also asked for a question from listeners. And you know what? Y'all answered. One listener wanted to know if Dr. Green could talk more about how to get the best sleep when you work night shift or unusual schedules. Here's what she had to say. Keeping a regular schedule for your sleep is also very important. And so for those that work night shift or have alternative schedules, really your circadian rhythm and your sleep habits are going to be happiest if you can maintain that same sleep and wake schedule, even on days when you're not at work. 
Sometimes that's a challenge, but having to flip back and forth between days and nights is oftentimes much more difficult than maintaining those regular hours that you have to sleep on days that you go to work. For instance, if you are working the night shift from Monday through Thursday and sleeping from 8 a.m. to 2 or 3 o'clock p.m., maintaining that schedule on the weekends is actually going to be beneficial if it's something you're able to do. For people that work night shift or have alternative schedules, one of the most important things you can do is set a daytime sleeping environment up for success. In order to get good restful sleep, your body needs a dark, cool, quiet environment, and those things are a lot harder to get during the day. Using things like blackout curtains or a nightshade really helps to simulate that darkness and helps to stimulate your body to produce those nighttime hormones. And making sure that your room is cool and quiet can really help to promote better sleep quality during those daytime hours. Who knew that my sleep had rhythm? Honey Hush. Thank you, Dr. Catherine. She is wonderful indeed. On another podcast, though, it was another topic. Dr. Lisa Wynn, we talked about the dangers of female health myths and how to be proactive as a patient and arm yourself with good information. Dr. Wynn really did stress the importance to do your research, but point and click with care. It's great to get answers to your questions, but using the verb we've come to know as Google, well, honey, be careful. You should make sure you're getting reliable information from reliable sources. Lisa really stressed the importance of not only knowing your health history, but also know your family's health history as well. Hopefully, you can start with your immediate family to get a sense of, has anybody been sick? Are there any health problems in the family? Has anyone had cancer? And if you get a yes to any of those, then see how open they are to talking about it. There are some people who are not going to tell you any of their health history because they feel like it's private to them, not totally appreciating that it's part of your story as well. And it may influence what we do and how we can help you to have a healthier life. Well, she was saying that. I thought, okay, I had gotten the BRCA1 and BRCA2 test, but it wasn't enough just to get the test. It didn't dawn on me until later, after I'd gotten the test and gotten the negative results. What do you do with that information? What do you do? And Lisa was basically saying, hey, it is important to make sure that you know what the odds are once you get the test results. Does that mean you don't ever get breast cancer? No. Or ovarian cancer? No. What that means is you have a certain percentage of risk that you have that in certain percentage that says you don't have it. If you haven't listened, go back and check out episode five. She was phenomenal as well. All of my guests were. Here's something else that was very important. Dr. Laura Borgelt was spot on talking about the importance of exercise throughout our entire lives, not just while we're young and while we think, okay, we got to fit in this size pair of jeans, That's really not what exercise is for. I always say how you look on the outside is the cherry on top. Exercise is really about what's going on on your insides because your body will let you know. Dr. Borgelt said, 
about the importance of exercise throughout our entire lives, if we don't do it, our bodies will show up and tell us, you didn't do it. It impacts everything we do. I think exercise has a lot of benefits in this space. It Not only, we mentioned the sleep and the routine, you know, that can really help with that, but exercise is also really great for our mental health, our emotional health. And it can mean simple walks outside, yeah. or it can mean a really tough workout at the gym, but there's a lot of room for us to exercise, help our bodies feel good. And I say, listen to your body. Right. What feels good for you to exercise may or may not feel as good to me. It's really nurturing and helping yourself to understand. There's not a definite prescription, but if you can understand yourself and understand what feels good to you, you're going to be much better off. From a scientific level, we can generate neurotransmitters in our system, the feel-good hormones, so to speak. And so when we have things like serotonin and dopamine rewarding our system, it creates an elevation of our spirit for a while. Now, those levels will eventually drop, as we know. But when we do that on a routine basis, it really helps us to get into the flow and understand that life is going to have these up and downs, but we can have a lot to do with it. Boy, don't I know that. Laura really helped me realize how important exercise was for me to do in order to get good sleep. It's hand in glove once again. I really can't get one without the other. It was also recognizable to my family and even to myself, really. I remember my husband saying to me, did you have a good workout today or do you need to go and get some more? (laughs) Do you need another workout? Meaning I can tell something is up. I can tell you are not totally yourself. I can tell when you have pushed it. Now, there used to be a time where if I went to the gym, it was hard, hard, hard all the time. You wanted to go hard. And that's not what this is about. It is really about, yes, you do want it, whether you're walking or whether you are in the gym going hard or whether you're meditating, and we're going to get there, and whether you are doing yoga or just sitting still breathing, appreciating everything around you. All of that feeds into making you a better you. I even said to her, well, why is it that when I'm on the treadmill or I'm on the elliptical or I'm lifting weights, I get some of my best ideas? Why is it that when I get those good ideas that I happen to be working out? She said, you're opening everything up. That serotonin, that dopamine, all of that. And when you do it on a consistent basis, you stay up more than down, especially if you have issues with depression. It is so good to get the answers about who we are as not only human beings, but as women, hearing it from women experts. You know, we also talked about how to pivot when life throws curveballs and roadblocks your way, and that will happen. You talk about all of those things, the roadblocks, the stress, all of that is going to come your way, whether you're five or whether you're 95. But the importance of dealing with that is mental resilience. And that mental resilience can be summed up in one word, gratitude. My mother used to call it being thankful. But gratitude can have a positive impact on how we respond to tough situations and definitely impact both our mental and our physical health. I can remember my mother would say, you know, you don't like your legs because somebody made fun of your bigness of your legs and your thickness of your thighs. And she said, one day you are going to love your legs. And besides, somebody else would love to have your legs. 
There are people who are out there who do not have legs, and they would love to be able to walk. Be thankful for what you have, not what you don't have. Dr. Rachel Slick shared her expertise about that very thing, the importance of gratitude and being thankful for what you've got, not what you want. Looking at something that we're told to critique constantly or never feeling adequate, by applying gratitude to our bodies, we can appreciate more of what they do, and that helps us treat them better. Think about buying a new car. Nobody's allowed to eat in it. It's going to smell good. It's going to stay clean. I'm so proud of this car. I'm so grateful for this new car. I'm going to treat it so well. What if we copied and pasted that logic and said, I'm grateful for this body, this machine that's doing all of these involuntary systems second to second without me telling it to. I'm so grateful for that. I want to drink more water. I want to feed it well. I want to move my body. I want to celebrate my body. That is so true. I'm tickled here just thinking about it. It's the simple things. You got a new car, you want to take care of it, but your body, oh yeah, we're going to put all kind of chips and French fries and sugary stuff. And But we wanted to perform when we wanted to perform. The body is like when pigs fly, right? So in a similar vein, we dove into self-love and self-acceptance with psychologist Dr. Vanessa Rollins, or I like to call Vanessa. <laughs> She had this to say about understanding the difference between self-acceptance and self-improvement. Self-improvement is a wonderful thing. It's maybe I want to lose a few pounds. It's maybe I want to get more ripped at the gym or learn a language or something. That's wonderful. But self-acceptance is a little deeper. It's more pervasive. It's this sense of I'm a good and valuable person regardless. And not having that self-acceptance is often what undermines people's drive towards self-improvement. People who, for example, have a a huge significant weight loss, Mm -hmm. their body changes on the outside, but how they feel about themselves doesn't necessarily change. And it's because they have this thought, I'll be happy when, Mm. I'll be happy if. And then they do that thing and discover, I still feel the same about myself. Yeah. So self-acceptance is something much deeper that we need to address before that can't always be resolved with self-improvement. I feel like saying, let the church say amen. That is so true. Ladies, do we compare ourselves to other ladies? Yeah, we do. Stop it. You are enough. Since doing these podcasts, I have learned to say that you are enough. You don't like what you see, you change it. But don't look at a picture that's been airbrushed to the nth degree and say, I want to look like that. You don't. You want to look your best. Just like I want to be my best glow, you want to be your best. You want to be your best self. Take pride in that. The universe made only one of you. Nobody else is like you. That is amazing. We've all experienced those thoughts. We've all experienced that, am I enough? You are so enough. And I know that's not grammatically correct, but feel me on this. You are enough. It is so important for you to understand how we can attack this, the mindfulness and the meditation. We talked to psychologist and mindfulness specialist, Dr. Meredith Shefferman. She explained to me and to you why taking time to be still and quiet is so doggone important. 
And oftentimes we're just on autopilot mode. We're just going through the motions, going from thing to thing to thing, and we don't know that our shoulders are way up here or our jaw is clenched or we're not taking full deep breaths. And so mindfulness can help you start to recognize those signs of stress so that you can choose to respond differently rather than just mindlessly reacting in the moment. My jaw is clenched, like, okay. Right. Take a breath, plant my feet on the floor. Remember, I'm here in this moment. Everything's okay. Everything is okay. Be in that moment. I learned that. That was my takeaway that day when I got in the car after that podcast. I just sat there. As soon as I get in the car normally, I'm looking at my phone and who called and you're answering text messages and then you start going. No. No. Be right there. Stop thinking about what you must do next when you're doing something else. Be in that moment. Whether it's going to be an easy moment or challenging, whether it's going to be happy or sad, somebody would love to have the moment that you were experiencing back. Maybe they're no longer here on this planet. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they don't understand the importance of being in a moment. And just by you doing it, you can show them the journey is a part of the lesson. And one of the things that I told my little niece, she's nine years old, her name is Hope, and I said, in order to be a good champion, you got to learn how to lose. When you lose, you brought everything to the basketball court because she's a very good player, she loves it. And when you've given your all and you've left it all on the court and you still lose, you go and shake that person's hand. There is always tomorrow. You go back, you practice, you learn, you get stronger, you grow, and then you get better. The journey is the biggest part of the lesson. It is not the destination. Once you start thinking you've arrived, honey, hush, you are in trouble. Each one of my guests were outstanding in their areas of expertise and their ability to help each of us pay attention. Stress, I said, is like turbulence. You can't see it, but you know it's there. Kind of like being on an airplane. That much wind, it's moving a big old plane. Why can't we see it? It's there. It's happening. Stress is the same way. You feel it and its effects on your body. Very negative if it continues on day after day after day. It will leave a hell of a mess if you do not deal with it. So, ladies... I want you all to put you first. That's the one big takeaway from all of this for me. It is putting you first. So send me those constructive comments. We want to hear the suggestions, the kudos, the criticisms. We have connected, and you really can't do that unless you talk and listen, unless you learn and teach, unless you influence and be influenced. We all learn and improve as we journey on Together, I want to continue to hear from you as we consider what's next for this podcast series. It is important to stay relevant. If you are going through it, I want to talk about it on the Every Women's Podcast. You must set aside time for self-care, right? All of these things. It is so very important that you take care of you first and then everybody else. 
all of those things as women, as moms, as aunts, as wives, as the woman child. They are looking at us not only to learn, but as the example. You got to tell yourself, these children, this husband, this partner, this job, whatever it is, fill in your this and say, it will wait until after I get back from my walk. It will wait until after I return from the doctor, the store, the gym, whatever it is. You want to hold yourself accountable to you. And if that's not enough, you got a friend, you got a partner. The key is to incorporate self-care into your everyday, everyday life. Self-care happens every day, every day. You must give yourself that grace. It's a walk one day. Tuesday, it's the gym. Wednesday, it's yoga. Thursday, it might be just meditation. Friday, it's the gym again. Set those goals and keep it. And so with that, last bite this season, I want you to hear from Dr. Kathleen Flaherty. You remember her, Brigadier General. She let us know about why goal setting is so doggone important. We all have those days that we feel like we're not good enough or not enough. I start with small and meaningful things, and I have changed the way that I view the world. And so now I consider my personal well-being in my definition of success. And so those days that I feel down, I think, oh, I need to do something that renews, re-energizes, repassions me so that I can be that person I want to be. So when I find that I'm not being as kind or as patient or whatever, it's because I failed to do things that nourish me. I start small with things like that. But then overall, you really just got to think about in the big scheme of things, because it's really easy to get into the details. It is. And then just step back and think about the big picture. Yes, maybe today I wasn't motivated to do this, or I didn't accomplish that. But tomorrow is a new day, and I can re-attempt tomorrow. Always re-attempt tomorrow. Sometimes Wednesday's day starts out with regretting Tuesday's problems. Let it go. That's even for me. I'm saying that to myself. Let it go. The Every Women's Podcast Series, Season 1, in the books. But honey, hold on. There should be more. We want to hear from you. We hope you enjoyed this entire journey because it is worth it for you to stop, listen, reflect, and learn and grow. I certainly enjoyed hosting and I'm amazed at how much I didn't know about my own health and well-being, but I'm now much better equipped to take on some of these issues. There were so many important topics we discussed throughout the season. You can listen to each and every one of the episodes individually featuring female specialists and addressing health and wellness issues you have told us are important to you. Please stay in touch. Send us emails, comments, subscribe to the podcast on the platform where you listen and give us a review or a rating. For all the women experts who join me on this inaugural season, I bow down and humbly thank you. Every is produced by UC Health. And until season two, be selfless because you're worth it. <laughs>